This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Reaction Monday edition of the program. Merely Bo, broadcasting live here from gray, cold Cleveland, Z and Gibbe, sun-kissed in Beverly Hills. And that might be about all of the positives, gentlemen. Yeah, unfortunately so. For the Cleveland Browns, it was a, a very tough game yesterday in Wait, Denver, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You have yeah. sun – look, we got plenty of time to discuss the negatives. There's a lot of negative stuff. Well, you, you I felt like that was a setup that was leading into negatives. No, you were no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, great, but there's nothing else good no, going I on. Wanted so I wanted you like, to right. bask – I want you to bask in your in your glory of sun. I want a look at Gibby. Gibby's probably he, what do you what do you have any? Oh, I thought maybe he had a Gibby's in a, a tro- Gibby's in a trolley house golf outing t-shirt and some beautiful orange shorts. He looks great. Does he have? Um, is there already some sort of a Southern California, maybe a Sierra Nevada pale ale? A pale? No, not yet. This is a, no, it's a no, business no. trip, Bishop. We're businessmen, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. What do you got dinner at Mister Chow tonight? <laughs> no, no, actually, no. actually, no. It's right down go. the road. It's we're right down the gonna, road. You just walk right from where you are. We're going to go take in Monday night football and break bread with our good friend Chris Rose. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That'll be a nice time. It'll be a lovely good. time. So you guys sure. flew. You guys went right out of the game to L.A., and you've been you, – you guys are at – where are you guys at? You're at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Is that right? The Beverly Hilton. <laughs> yeah. The Beverly Hills you're in, Hilton. You're – you're you're in one of those you're in the, the the Beverly Hills Hotel like one of those places where stars go to disappear. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's where you are. We have we haven't Chateau. encountered any of them yet. Uh, yeah, Chateau, I know one of our players yeah. this morning ran into Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mahmoud Diabati ran into uh, Mike Ty- Iron Mike on a walk today. Feel like that'd be one you'd be excited to run into, hoping I'd that you had pumped. a positive interaction. Yeah, I'm you'd want to make him sure right that... up here to this my my room. You don't yeah. want that to be a negative interaction. No, 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 no. You want that to go really well. Is how you want, and if it goes really well, the ceiling's very, very high. I don't know um, why it happened. You mentioned how your for you on Instagram knows you well. Mine does very oh, well, so also. Uh, yeah. It did pop up though for some reason. Flipping through reels this morning, Mike Tyson's first fight after he was released from prison. Pete McNeely, Hurricane Peter McNeely, the tomato can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there was, the, I saw two, him. so I saw that one, and then one he fought, I didn't get the name, but it was over in maybe nine seconds. He just yeah. came in with a flurry, and it was just like, boom, boom, boom. boom. The guy's head was like a bobblehead, just, and it was over. Yeah. I have, um, I have one bit of good news from back here, and then we'll get into all the stuff that's tough. 
We have a new chair. Really? Wow. Really? Wow. They, they came in? Do we have new uh, chairs? Let's, let's submit. we have a new today. chair? I said we have a new chair. One singular. Correct. And well, I would tell you, it feels great. Some solid lumbar support here. Love that. I mean, Gotta have look the lumbar. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I feel oh like I'm God. running the – I'm at the seat of the Millennium Falcon. I oh mean, this goodness. is this is spectacular. This is really you ma- You're making now. the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Easy. Easy 12 parsecs. I can also update you that the old chairs are still here. They okay. are in what I call the chair graveyard, otherwise yeah, known I like as it. our studio. I like that we're building that. It's kind of funny. We're building a chair well, graveyard here in the those studio. Are, those are left for certain people. When well, they come in, there's so four they of them. To be fair, there's four. The current, yeah. Yeah. Well, well the, I don't know. You're gonna. Have, you luckily you have two Stevie. You have two Stevies, and they can. They're gonna have to move chairs in and out. I guess. Actually, but I, I, we do just have the, the one. Ground, if it's lower to the ground and not up as high, it's still a f- relatively comfortable chair. Like maybe one of the Jacob Squares would want that. That's up to them. It's up, it's to, up them. to them. But I can By the way, the, what's, the uh, where's, is, where's is chair nice. number two? Where's chair number two? It's my question. Yeah, I'll show you on the Zoom. It's baby what stuff. What looking at. I mean, that's a beaut. You got, you got a that's high a beaut, back. Clark. Yeah. Uh, but it's just the singular chair. That's it. Well, that's all we need right now. But yeah. by next. But hopefully by, by next Monday. By next Monday. When are you guys maybe? coming back? In January? How long are you gone? Oh. Uh, we'll be back probably are... around 3.30 in the morning on Monday. That sounds I feel like, right. I feel like you guys have been gone all season. You're at same. the Greenbrier for six weeks, and you're in Philly for a week and a half, and, and now you're Our in Our wives LA feel for... the same way. Boy, do they. <laughs> yeah, where, where are you guys? Meantime, yucking it up poolside in, at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Not tomorrow. Very good. My father-in-law. <laughs> not yeah, tomorrow. Not tomorrow. We're not allowed. <laughs> the not inmates tomorrow. are not allowed at the pool tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. My father-in-law is like randomly calls and goes, hey, how's your vacation going? I'm That's like, right. Who told you I was on? He goes, your wife. She That's calls right. every road trip you go on. It's a vacation. And I'm like. This is not a vacation. Not yes, this one might be. This Zucur- one might be. Zucura is a tire that I'm going to post here work. on Twitter might allude to otherwise. But, yeah. like, Monday and Tuesday, there's a chance to catch your breath. Yes. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Over. Yeah. Business. Listen, you, let me just tell you this. You're doing the same job you did here. You're just doing it in paradise. You're doing it in one of the most desirable zip codes on the planet. So That's fair. Yes. You're working, warm. so it's not true vacation. But you're you're. It's just like if a pure joy, mid June day here, except that's where you it are. It is, except I don't have my bed, home, family, wine. All of those things are replaceable. Let me ask you this. Um, <laughs> Apparently, you didn't watch the in-season Miami Dolphins episode of Hard Knocks because no, they gave a whole not. speech about that. That. Basically, you need to play every play like somebody has taken your family and they're running down the street with them. And if you don't go yeah. pursue them and get them and save your family, they're gone. I have not seen that yet. No, I will. I, you I, watched I it on like, the plane last I did. night, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It was actually really good. Tyreek Hill's really entertaining and likable and, and catches every pass that's thrown his way, which is something we need to have rub off on our current pass catchers. All right. Do you want? We got to do this, right? Let's do it. Oof. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. It's twenty nine twelve. It goes in the books. Um, That's, right. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna let. I think the lead here is not the result, but rather the injuries. 
Um, and and I think when you were headed out there, and we'll get to the result, and we'll nitpick and what sure. happened here, and why did we do this, blah blah blah. But the bigger thing here is we let you said you and I did the show Thanksgiving um, right before Thanksgiving we're at the the food bank, and we said you got to be eight and five coming out of this thing. That's yep. it. You got to split these two games. So that's if you want to be a playoff team, you had to split these two games. These are two very very winnable games at Denver and then against the Rams. The Rams looked great by the way yesterday. Um, so that's the job. So we'll get to all of that. But where are we? You guys have been around the team. Where are we? And I know we won't know anything until four o'clock with Coach. But we had monstrous scares. We have mo- people here are in full panic, and I think they have a right to be. You got DTR. You got Amari. You got Elliot. And you got miles in a sling. So yep. what is going on with the mass unit? Uh, to your, what you said is accurate. We will not know the answers until later. But it, I do think there has to be some concern about Miles Garrett's availability. And if you think if you're going to put a poster together at the beginning of this season yep. and you could only have four Cleveland Browns on it, my guess is that poster would have included Deshaun Watson, yep. Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett. We know for sure we'll be taking on the Los Angeles Rams without three of them. It is likely, or not likely, it is possible that we could be taking on the L.A. Rams without all four of them. And if you were to go to five people, probably Amari gets on there. Now his x-rays were negative, so that's the one that you're the most optimistic about. But, I mean, this is, it's wild, brother. I mean, you think about, you start 11 people on offense, you're going into this season, of those 11, the most important, Deshaun. Second most important, Nick Chubb. And then your two tackles, they're all all—they're gone. Now, Jed Wills will come back at some point. But it's, you've been decimated. And now it's starting to add up on the defensive side of the football as well with Denzel being out. And, by the way, I thought that played a massive role in this game, Denzel Ward being out against the Denver Broncos. Um, no kidding. Yeah. You're, you're really, you know, without Miles – now, Oboe's played well and Zadarius, but all these guys play well, but Miles is the best player in the NFL and on the defensive side of the ball, and so that obviously would be a major, major loss. I know he'll be out there if it's at all possible for him to do so, uh, but we'll have to wait and see there. But the injuries were a big story, and, you know, this can, is can three I, straight. Did I, I realize I've been doing a lot. I mean, I got, yeah. I'm being pulled in 1,000. Ward is out? That's official? Ward was out this past week no 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 but like for the rams no i'm saying it it feels like that is certainly oh okay okay yes 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 okay i thought maybe that had already been ruled and i'm like no i know that i'm got a lot going on but i I didn't think i missed that i missed so i said that i missed no no no. he no no no. you hope that he's back obviously because they can sling the pill around but i think it's possible that he could be out again as well yeah yeah no it was was, it, it didn't sound like he was close to playing in this particular game Against no, it did not. It did not. Um, so, despite all of that, you then have what happens on the field. Yeah. So, here's the, here, number one. The last three road trips we've been on, Seattle, yeah. Baltimore, yeah. and Denver. Mm-hmm. They all have something in common, unfortunately, which is that the Browns were behind 14 to nothing in all three of those football games. That is not a good model for winning in the National Football League. Now, I would argue that from the time the Browns were down 14-0 to the time that they scored and had a chance to tie the game when Amari dropped the two-point conversion, the Browns actually dominated the game, and DTR, it felt like, came into his own. 
started making some big-time throws, some big-time plays, and, and we were starting to cook. And I felt like we actually had the momentum. Dropping the two-point conversion was a momentum killer. We'll get to the reverse in a second, but then DTR gets knocked out after kind of a series of errors, right? Dewan's got to get his knee brace off. James Hudson comes in to play right tackle. False start, turns third and seven to third, 12, but also on that drive on first down, Chief dropped one that had he caught, he might still be running. Yep. So, number one, you cannot expect to win in the NFL spotting your opponent 14 points and losing the turnover battle. We talked about it going into this one. You had to protect the ball. That's what the Broncos' MO had been, and we turned it over three times. Now, the first one on, on the quarterback sneak with Harrison Bryant where they botched the exchange, it was fourth down anyway, but mm-hmm. we got to be cleaner on that. We also had, you know, before that we had a chance where it was – I think we got a bad spot. I thought Cedric Tillman got the first down anyway. Nonetheless, you know, you had Posick with the penalty for moving the ball. It was just – out of the gate sloppy it almost felt like from watching it in the booth that the Browns kind of just came out sleepwalking a little bit and I thought like expected they were just going to show up and like roll the Denver Broncos yeah I I think that that's that's the way it watched seemed on TV yeah I mean it was it was strange um it the approach was interesting to me the um Obviously, from the, the you're chasing it a little bit, so it's a little bit deceiving because you know 13 of the pass attempts are from from PJ Walker, and at that point you're in full chase. Um, yeah. But but 42 attempts, um, DTR 14 to 29 um, when he was in the game. You mentioned the drops. There obviously were were several I mean, again. DTR in that, in that instance. DTR should be a 70 percent passer. Yeah, if people catch the ball. I mean, it's wild the amount of drops that are happening and in uh, in critical situations. You know, Amari typically sure-handed drop that two-point conversion. He catches that 99 out of 100 times. Yeah, you know? I just – there's I don't know. It's like they're all – because we didn't have this with Deshaun. No. And is there something about the way the – it's uh, there's no excuse, but is there something of the way the ball comes out of his hands that is making it diff- difficult for them to pick up? Like, this is a real issue now with Chief. I mean, it's two games. I mean, I would and say he, usually he catches was playing everything. At, he was playing at UCLA and completed seventy percent of his passes. Like, I, I'm just trying with, to make sense of it because with non, you know, we didn't we didn't have drops pros. like this. We didn't have drops like this before, and now we've had you know two games he started. We've had all these drops. It's it's wild, and then it kind of even continued even when PJ Walker was out there. It was just it, did, yeah. it was a very strange thing. I think for the Browns, the number one thing is. You can't spot teams. you got to take care of the football. And until they do that, it's going to be difficult. Of course, the injuries are making it hard. I was actually very encouraged by that game with what I saw from Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Now, he gets knocked out. P.J. comes in, and we're going to talk about it, the reverse. I think this is I, I, Kevin Stefanski felt, okay, we're going to have to try to manufacture some stuff here. Let's give our fastest guy, Pierre Strong, a chance on the edge. We've been a very good reverse team this year. If you think about some of the plays with Marquise Goodwin, even Cedric Tillman last week had a nice run. And I think they were trying to manufacture some offense because as it became abundantly clear, the idea that you were just going to win with P.J. Walker from the pocket, I mean, you could tell sacks. He got sacked three times. DTR got sacked once. He fumbled it a couple of times. DTR did not. You know, DTR actually played a clean game for his part of it. It, 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 I think they were trying to manufacture something. Do you want a guy who hasn't touched the ball yet? 
you know, touching it, that's his first touch, and perhaps not because it didn't work well. But if you really watch the playback, the reason that was blown up was because the big nose tackle, DJ Jones, sniffed that out. And so you can't even see Pierre Strong took his eyes off the ball because he was worried yeah. about Jones decking him. And so the play was not going to work anyway. That was the nail in the coffin. Then they come down, they score, and that was it. But you had a good stretch in this game where you played the way you needed to play to go on the road and, and beat that team. You put up 12 unanswered points. DTR led you on three straight scoring drives. I thought we were going to win. Goals. I thought we were going to win at that point, too. Amari dropping the two, though, felt to me, and I think I said this to Gibbe in the booth at the time, it felt to me like old Browns games where you'd score a big one and then you'd miss the extra point, and you're like, wait, what? And now we yeah. did overcome that in Baltimore. We did not overcome it today, and it felt like that was a little bit of a turning point. But we definitely had some momentum and let it get away. And this team, because of the injuries, because of the fact that you're playing without so many of your principal people, at the most important position, certainly on the offensive side of the ball, the margin for error is very small. Self-inflicted wounds. You think about the opening scoring drive. It's a 30-plus yard pass interference penalty on Greg Newsom that leads directly to their touchdown. And then a blown coverage on that same drive for 31 yards. You think about the second drive. We had a couple of penalties that extended that drive as well. We can't be doing that kind of stuff. After a game where we had one penalty, we had, I think, eight in this one. It just was sloppy. It was not crisp. And it, it was not good ball. And, you know, go back to Denzel. It felt like when they saw Cortland Sutton, and I'm curious kind of if there were discussions to have, you know, MJ Emerson follow Sutton or not, because size-wise that makes a lot of sense, right? 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you have the two of them. Because it felt yeah. like whenever they saw one-on-one with Greg and Sutton, they're like, we're just throwing it up. And we got very lucky on that offensive pass interference penalty because I'm not sure that was offensive pass interference. Um, yeah. And it got an unbelievable job to get his feet in. Uh, uh, but – you miss Denzel there. And so when you're missing all these critical pieces and you are trying to get yourself back into a game or to win a tough one on the road at a very tough place to play against a very competent football team where Russ has done a very good job kind of managing things. And, boy, he looked like old Russ in terms of his ability to extend plays. The final numbers weren't great, but he no, ran it a lot. No, deceiving, though. The, the numbers are deceiving with him, don't you think? Yeah, because the plays he made were big. Were critical. And yeah. – and, Kind of like Minshew, you know, you're not expecting him to come in and run so much, and they use that read option to great effectiveness against us. I almost felt like they paid very close attention to the Indy, what Indy did. I uh, thought it was a combination of Indy and a, Baltimore. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ran Russ way more than they ran him previously, and, and the ones yes. that he got were critical. Um, yes. They were huge uh, extending the plays. You're right. His stat line would not think that he was anything special, but he, he was very, very good in the game when it mattered most. I think one of the things that, you know, I probably, without question, I saw the most criticism from, and, and honestly it was overwhelming on the broadcast. Mark Sanchez was not, he did not stop. Like it was, by the way, it was critical the whole time was the, they were baffled by the lack of, of, of us trying to run it. Um, that was the, they thought that they could not believe that Dorian Thompson Robinson was throwing as much as he did. It was something that I saw on social people being critical of that as well. Sure. Um, you are Jerome Ford just gets nine carries for 65 yards at 7.2 a clip, uh, yep. in the game. One of them was for 19. Um, and I do think if there is a criticism to be had of the approach, um, which was weird because I, I thought Kevin's approach against Pittsburgh was perfect. 
like understanding the circumstances and understanding what your defense would do. It was almost like in this one he thought he needed to score more, and the way to do that was through the air. Um, and and it it probably if if you had it back, you probably would have wanted a little bit more than sixteen carries out of your running back room. Yeah, I think part of that becomes game flow as the game goes on. But yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think that I'll go back to it. I thought DTR played really well in this game. I really did. I thought he settled down after the early going and started to play really well. And, and I'll tell you I what, you know who looked good? Cedric Tillman looked really good. And all of a sudden he's well, he going. Looked great. How crazy, though, DTR comes out, and all of a sudden it's like Cedric Tillman is, is not there. But we had, you know, when you look at it as, as an offense, you get stopped at midfield on your second drive. And then, unfortunately, you know, you have a quick three and out. Second quarter, you go field goal which was obviously good. You get another field goal right before the end of the first half, and then you score. You had three straight scoring drives where you were starting to really move the ball and do some good things on offense. You had 13 plays, 57 yards, 11 plays, 67, and 13 plays, 79. Like, those are three drives of consequence. So, clearly, there was a feeling out period, but we really only had a couple of drives where we were down, unfortunately, down 14 to nothing in this game. And part of that, you know, defense not getting off the field to give up a nine plays, 80 yards, and a 13-play, 80-yard drive. We don't do that very often. And no. you're down. But I thought the mix was fine. I think the reverse, obviously, is one you want to have back. But it's so funny to me. I didn't hear a single person say on fourth down near the goal line that I can't believe we threw it because it was It worked. Because we threw it, and it was a touchdown. And nobody was like, oh, that was a great call. I thought it was a great call. But you don't hear the praise for the good as much as the the criticism of the negative. And when you lose in the NFL, that's what you do. Now, the notion that we're going to go on the road and beat hot teams without most of our main guys, like it is hard to do. No excuses. And we didn't play the way we needed to to win under those auspices. Plain as day. Yeah, I think the – the the other thing, I mean, you'd see people complaining about the Harrison Bryant. You know, they didn't. They he fumbled the snap on the one. It was like that's worked every time. It's been our best play. That play works every time. And then yes, one time it didn't. But like the idea of like that's overthinking it. No, that's worked every time we put Harrison Bryant under center. It's worked. We have variations off it, including yes. one that scored a touchdown with Kareem. So yes, I mean, like we you have to have the full context of all of it. Um, and and I kept. I, I, I just feel like there's such a lack. It's like there, there's only one note that knows how to be played, and it's to complain. And, and yes, this is a disappointing loss. You mentioned getting behind. You mentioned the turnover game. Obviously, we've talked about the reverse. We've talked about this and that. Maybe we'd like to have run it more, so forth, so on. The reality is, is as you let off this entire thing, that's the overwhelming point. Look who you are playing without. Look yeah. who you are playing without. This is the league, man. Do you know how hard it is week to week? How brutal it is? Yes, there was an opportunity to go 8-3, and three, but you're playing a very hot team who, by the way, had beaten Kansas City recently, Buffalo, Buffalo recently. Like, they've found their way, and they are not the walking wounded that we are. Not no, the only person they're without was a suspended Kareem Jackson, and they were without their tight end Greg Dulcich, who was not a big part of their offense to begin with. Play, it would be like if they were without – Russ, all of their backs. By the way, Samaji P. Ryan. It's like when he plays the Browns, he becomes a, <laughs> different, a different animal. Guy. It's 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 insane. He carries people, runs through people. 
But no, and it's not an excuse. It is the league. Unfortunately, there are teams dealing with similar situations. But nothing. If like we're this. going Us to win in those situations, we have to play a very particular brand of ball. And I think we that's you can't get out to a slow start, which we did. You think about Pittsburgh. We got out to the fast start. We're up ten nothing. Yeah. We're able to end up winning that game. You got to get out to fast starts. You can't get out to slow starts. You can't turn the football over, and you can't have back-breaking, drive-extending penalties. I thought that was really one of the stories of the game. And then it's money situations, right? They're 6 of 14 on third down, which against us is a great number. And if you think about early in the game, they were 4 for 5. So did we clamp down? Yes, but we were already down 14. We were just 2 of 13 on third down. So that's where you're at. You know, you were not the team that you needed to be in this game to be able to win. Eight penalties, three turnovers. Every the metric that matters to most, third down percentage, red zone yep. efficiency, turnovers, we lost every one of those. That's right. They won and, everything and, in that regard. So, like, that's that's how it goes, man. And then when you, when you factor in where we were from a quarterback standpoint by the time it was done, I mean, tough. But – that's 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 the league, and that's where you'll go from here. This press conference that Kevin has at 4 o'clock is going to be a fascinating one, and I think everyone is going to be on pins and needles waiting to hear what is said because this injury report's crazy. It is. got to see, you know, this team's going to have to rally around each other somehow. They're going to have to try to find a way to get, you know, back into the winning mentality and, and kind of overcome – you know, more obstacles. Unfortunately, there have been setbacks the entire game uh, and the entire season, and you're just going to have yeah. to deal with it. But, yeah, that's a big press conference. Now, we haven't even talked about the elephant in the room, which is – and I'll say it again. I was very encouraged by DJ. The play that he made on third down to Amari where they had a free runner and he throws it floating back, throws the out before yep. Amari had broken, that leads that's, – that's, that's what got that drive going to get us a, the touchdown. Yep. That's a big-time play and a big-time arm. He did a lot of really encouraging things. If you're a Browns fan, the main takeaway from this one, other than all the negatives that we talked about, should be that this was an encouraging performance from DTR over in the middle portion of that game. Very Couldn't encouraging. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Now, the question becomes, with him in the concussion protocol after he took an absolutely big, big hit, is... Can he is is there a chance that he could play this weekend? And now you say could he be ready by Sunday potentially? But DTR started three games. Like he's not a guy that you roll out if he can't practice all week. No, no, no. But then there's the other part. Part two is the following. PJ Walker, thank him and love him for everything he's given this team this year. But it is clear that this you cannot win with him. So. That leaves us with the question, and this will probably be a big part of this press conference, is if DTR is not able to get practice on Wednesday, which I think would be likely, knowing what we know about the concussion protocol, is Joe Flacco starting for the Cleveland Browns this Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams? I can't see a scenario where it's anything other than that. I would have to agree with you. you By the way, we talked about stats. You know, we were talking about the drop rate. Just real quick, it came up from my good friend Cleve T.A. posted this. 
DTR as a quarterback leads the NFL with a 12.1% drop rate from his receivers. That means one of every eight passes that he's throwing on target are being dropped. Jeez. P.J. Walker second in the NFL in the same stat. Deshaun Watson ninth in the NFL in the same stat. The Browns as a team, number one. They have dropped 9.5% of all on-target passes this year. That is first in the league by a mile. Unacceptable. 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 Like watching that hard knocksing, again, it blew my mind. Tyree kills a small guy, small hands. He catches everything, running Mm -hmm. at unbelievable speeds, and now Tua does put the ball in a good spot a lot of time, but catches absolutely everything. We can't have this. We cannot have this. And clearly it's not just a DTR thing. No. It's it's our pass cat. It's our pass catcher thing. And they've got to figure it out. Yeah, quickly, quickly. All right, uh, some more takeaways from this one. We had some big news in the NFL as well. Take a look at the playoff picture. We will visit with the Hoff coming up at 2 o'clock. We are off and running. Those were the hot topics presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Pet Supplies Plus gives you a chance to win tickets to home games all season long while providing the best deals for your pet at over 75 stores throughout Ohio. Enter to win tickets at clevelandbrowns.com slash Pet Supplies Plus. Receive a coupon to use at your local Pet Supplies Plus. With your entry, Pet Supplies Plus is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Look at that sun. Look at the sun hitting the kid. Just gorgeous, gleaming off of Gibby. Oh, they're down. The kids are down. We lost connection. There you go. They're they're down. All right, so we'll we'll attempt to uh, get the boys back. I mean, to be honest with you, Uno, this is what I think this is. I see their setup. They're they're at a hotel in Beverly. It's they're not at the Beverly Hills Hotel. That's probably three grand a night. Uh, that's where the bungalows are. But they are at a hotel in Beverly Hills. The sun is out. Who really wants to talk about this anyway? Who wants to commiserate? No, no one wants to do this. They're they're probably a couple of drivers from L.A. Country Club. Who gets hurt? All of a sudden, oh, no, we can't connect. We have no ability to do the show. Who's going to do the show? Well, there's a guy who does a show in the morning. Why can't he do this? Can't do this? Do this show, too. That's what I think. I think they're going to play golf. 
Nick, I don't even believe you. You can tell the audience what you told me. Nick's, Nick's uh, suggesting that we'll get him back right up. Now, but we're going to hit you don't you know, do a we quick don't believe this. Here. We're going to have a lot of fun. Nick, you don't believe them. I don't believe them. They're in Southern California. They're going to play golf. They're done. Oh, they no felt doubt. like no they've done that. the heavy lifting. That's where they're at. They've I done used to the live heavy out lifting. San Diego, Z, Bo. Z it is gorgeous. Me. It's you know yeah. just on you know hundred miles away. It's fantastic where they're at. Yeah, I mean, it's, I was married out there. Yeah, I mean, this is this is that's what the, 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 this is a big ruse to get out of doing this program. They know that we got the Hoff coming up at two, so once they get there, they can walk anyway. That's what's going on right now. I I promise you, that's what's going on. Um, I will get you a couple of uh, the news in the NFL, and it's big. Uh, Carolina has fired head coach Frank Reich after a 1-10 start. Um, it's a pretty stunning thing. It's the fastest a coach has ever been fired. you got to go back forever to find one that was fired, fired sooner. It is, however, the third straight season where we have seen a head coach fired during the season. Well, and Urban for him, it's his second, second straight year. Yeah, but it wasn't his – right, 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 right. With Indy, but he had been at Indy before. Like, yeah. this is – he just started. Um, so, it was Urban two years ago with Jacksonville. It was Nathaniel Hackett last year in Denver, and now Frank Reich in Carolina. This all stems around the quarterback decision and the way that that was handled. David Tepper, the owner of Carolina, wanted Bryce yeah. Young. The reporting that I've read this morning was that Frank Reich and his group wanted C.J. Stroud. They went Bryce Young, and there's vitriol and animosity between all of that. So we do have our first coaching casualty in terms of a guy who's been on the job not even a year. Um, all right, we are going to take a quick timeout. We'll see what the guy's back on. Uh, I can tell you Cleveland Browns Daily are broadcasting live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Brooklyn next Tuesday. That's December 5th from 1 to 3. Kevin Mack will join, sign some autographs. That's from 2 to 3. Visit the Cleveland Browns Facebook page to learn more on that. We will attempt to reconnect with the fellas. That is, if they even want to. Uh, also take a look at the playoff picture, among other things, coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo here for my team at Renew Home Exteriors, now introducing new Ascend Composite Clad Siding, featuring a beautiful deep green look in 20 available colors. Keep that just-installed look for a lifetime with this low-maintenance siding. Plus, with Renew's price match guarantee, you can be assured you receive the best price for your exterior project, even after you buy it. Renew Home Exteriors, superior products and superior service. Visit them at RenewEstimate.com. Uh, you're back. I thought for sure you'd bounce. I know my mom's my mom uh, the official the Nana official texted Nana. me. She said that Bo thinks you're gone. No, I'm not gone. Right here <laughs> with you. Well, ready I said to go. like I couldn't even blame you. Like if there was some sort of a technical uh, roadblock that could not be overcome, there were worse things. We oh, we have commiserated. We've talked about all the stuff that sucked and and some of the positives. On you go. And we talked about some of the positives. I even maybe have a few more positives if people if people want them. Go give it to them now. People, this town's very receptive to positives. Go ahead. <laughs> J-O-K. Jeremiah Usukorboa is having an unbelievable season. Near the league lead in tackles for loss. Picked up another sack yesterday. Probably had three tackles for loss when it was all said and done in that one. He's J-O-K. That's, somebody, that's something to get excited about. What he has become here in his third season for the Cleveland Browns has been a real playmaker, 
a force behind the line of scrimmage in the backfield doing everything that he needs to do. I thought JOK was very, very good in this one. Well, I'll tell you, um, it's it's a couple of things. It's third year in the league. That's a big part of it. Um, another big part of it is Dalvin Tomlinson, right, yep. and what you're doing yep. in the middle, and you're, keep, you're letting him free. The offensive line isn't able to get their hands on him, and so he's able to knife in and make plays. Anthony Walker back's been a big part of that as well. Um, I think the other thing that's really cool is the combination of JOK and Delpit, like, You've got some real playmakers in that back yes. end now that create yes. that wreak havoc. Like these aren't just guys holding positions; like they create negative plays, big change plays for you. you no, you're exactly right. Jok yesterday, twelve tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, and a forced fumble. You had Delpit had another tackle for loss. He's been the team's leading tackler all season long. So yeah, you're exactly right. These guys, those two, and they play next to each other a lot because Delpit has really been kind of a box safety and kind of playing linebacker in many respects for the Cleveland Browns and, and has been doing an, an excellent job of it. Uh, I thought overall, you know, this was – that was one of the encouraging things. And the defense, you know, other than the early portion of the game, you know, they were not able – they didn't do great there. But I thought for the most part they played pretty well as that game went on. And I got to tell you, Zedaria Smith – it's unbelievable to me that he only has two and a half sacks. He was, he's touched the quarterback, I feel like twenty times this year. He was all around Russell Wilson in this one. Yeah, he was, and that, it's been that way all year uh, for yep. him. Um, yeah, the uh, I mean that the the you just were waiting. You just terrified about Miles. Is is the is well, the yes. I didn't mean to go back to negative town, but that's um, no. as you were talking about pass rush and dynamic and all of those things like. Um, that's that's terrifying to see him in a sling, and 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 we'll see what the news is on that front. I, you mentioned Cedric, Cedric Tillman earlier. I mean, I don't think it's coincidence. He's on with us on uh, on Wednesday before uh, yep. before Turkey Day, and then yep. breaks out, dude. Breaks out. He's a stud, yeah. man. Great build. Yes. Great body. Yes. Incredibly strong hands. The ability yes. to catch the ball and hold it away from traffic. And have the confidence to do so tells you how how strong your hands are. I thought he was a stud. Five and targets, going to be. four catches for 55 yards. You've seen what he can do as a blocker. I liked getting him incorporated into this passing game a little bit more. And, yeah, he made great plays. And, obviously, look, DTR's comfortable with him. And yep. DTR threw some very good balls to him. And even the one in the end zone where uh, Elijah – you should, can't have two people competing for the same ball in the back pylon. That's not the. That's not how good offense is. No, I said designed. It's. I'm pretty sure somebody went ran the wrong route on that. Well, Elijah was just supposed to run just like a little hitch at the front end line, but he saw the ball and must have thought that he had a chance to go get it, so he went there. But it was set up for the slot fade to Tillman, who actually would have had a chance on that ball. I think had it all gone uh, according to plan. But no, I like Cedric. I, I, yes, encouraging from DTR offensively. DTR was very encouraging. I think Jerome Ford runs so well. You know, Kareem runs so hard, but you just are, you know that that play is going to come to an end fairly quickly, right? Like there isn't yep. the threat that he's going to take one to the house. Jerome Ford certainly has that, and so does Pierre Strong. Now Pierre Strong's kind of been – I liked what I saw of him, and I feel like he's been kind of completely phased out of the offense. You give him one chance on a reverse, and, you know, that was a – devastating play for the Cleveland Browns but you know Ford it continues to impress me I thought DTR really from like the second and third quarters 
was so good on those three drives, making big throws. Tillman was encouraging as well. Um, but I, it just goes back to the, the drops, man. Like, we have got to catch the football. Like, it, it's hard enough to score in the NFL. It's hard enough to get scheme guys open and then have the protection and then deliver the football on time and accurately for for plays like that to not end up as successful plays for the Cleveland Browns and instead to end up as drops, that has got to be fixed. I don't know what the solution is because it almost feels like it's one of those things that becomes maybe even a, more of a mental issue than even a physical yeah. one. I was just going to say that. There, there was a uh, chief drop, the one in the end zone. Uh, it would have been a tough catch. Oh, man. But he high pointed it. He's got both hands on it. The ball's perfect. Yeah. He's got both hands on it. Like, that's one you have to catch. And it was able to get nudged out, and it ends up being a drop. And Chief looked down, God bless him, and he, like, you know, like looked at his gloves. And I thought, okay, so we, we've got a mental thing now with Chief now the last two games where he's thinking about this. And this can happen to anybody. It can happen to anybody. But it's yep. right now he's in it where he's got a little bit of the dropsies that, and if there's anybody you trust to get out of it, it's him for sure. Um, yep. But it's, there's no question that it's there and it's, it is something that has to be acknowledged. No doubt. No doubt. That's, that's so. where you are. And it's right. We're not going to be able to do what we want while this remains an issue for us throwing the football. All right. Where is, uh, where did you eat dinner Saturday night? There was a lot of talk about some giant bison prime rib place. And then there was uh, – what, what did you end up doing? We ended up going on uh, Shelby Harris's recommendation. The, uh, he gave the word to the, to the luminaries, and so I was, I was able to tag along with the luminaries. Um, and we went to a place called Guard and Grace, and it was like, one of the right. best meals. It's, it might be the best road trip meal I've ever had. It was that good. It was unbelievable. I found that um, if there is something – if, if a restaurant is name has like two names like that, so you said this yeah. was Garden Grace, uh -huh. was the name of this place. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, okay. So there's a couple of them. Tony Guard, Troy Guard's the owner. Denver and Houston are the two locations uh, for this one, uh, for this yeah. place. But like the the uh, what was the place in Minnesota? I loved the butcher uh, and the boar. You could go the, back there in Houston then. You oh baby oh baby yeah, run yeah. it back a little yeah little December twenty third. I'll have to, I'll have to let the you. people know. Oh, this is a very nice menu. It's a very nice menu. Just, the, uh, just taking was, a look at it right now. And this was yeah, one of like the that. few times Boy, where we were. big charcuterie choices here. A lot going oh, yeah. on there. Yeah, the, the prosciutto several, tasting. Sure, you like sure. that? Yeah. Yeah. Let me guess. You, you, had, you had the cowboy ribeye, didn't you? Or did you do the, did they have a, did they have a big guy? So they have a, an even bigger guy that comes with uh, the bone a in. Did you do the tomahawk? Even no, I did not. Did you? Are you looking at the price? It's not on the menu. Oh, I would is, say the tomahawk ribeye has got to be one twenty nine. The cowboy's like one twenty nine, Earth one thirty. The tomahawk ribeye was like one ninety five. Oh come on! Yeah. yeah. What did you get? I actually you got, go with? So they they kindly said why don't you handle apps for the table which yeah a group of like 15 people okay i was thriving there so we had yeah you love that like picking that i up. loved it we had they had a5 wagyu uh gyoza which were yeah, awesome it. little jalapeno hamachi jalapeno 
They have a spicy tuna sushi roll that was incredible over like a stick of crispy rice, and it was like looked like the shape of an eclair. And there were a bunch of little ones. They, that was awesome. We got the burrata. We got the prosciutto sampler, um, and then a, a bunch of oysters. It was delicious. And then for the dinner, I got they had a trio of four ounce fillets. Oh, I grass see. fed, prime, and wagyu. And it was. I, th- awesome. I believe they call it a fillet flight. That's right, a flight. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. It was a flight. Yeah, it was. Oh good. baby, oh That's baby, decadence. But you're it not on vacation. It. Hey. Um, AFC that was in Denver, picture. dude. It was snowing. It was I freezing. Just wait wait until the tales of this week with your rich per diem that you're going to have every night to eat whatever you want. Let's do the uh, the AFC playoff picture, if you would. I hear, I hear Wendy's is delicious. Especially in Southern California. That's right. Um, all right. Time. Ravens are currently the one seed. The Chiefs are the two. Jacksonville, the three. Dolphins, the four. Steelers, the five. We're the six. The Colts are the seven. Um the three teams behind – so the last three, uh, the three wild cards are Steelers, us, and Colts. The three behind them are yep. the Texans, the Broncos, and the Bills. Yep. The Bills' heartbreak yesterday. It's hard for me to imagine they can't – they won't win some game. They played really well um, and, and blew it yesterday in the, in the game. Um, you've got a firsthand look at the Broncos, and the Texans are rolling. I mean, they, they, almost, they almost did it against uh, Jacksonville at home. Yep. Um, this is going to be ultra-competitive. Um, it does feel a little bit like, especially with our injury situation in Pittsburgh, just their actual situation, there's some smoke and mirror stuff that's happened at this point in the season to get to where we are, and there's going to need more of it. Yes, we are. And the Steelers' schedule, have you looked at it? I don't even want to think about it. Can I tell you? Because it's going to make you justifiably upset. Go ahead. Home Cardinals. Come on, Kyle. Home Patriots. Oh, my God. At Colts, now that could be Colts could give them some problems. Home Bengals, oh jeez, they got Bengals twice without Burrow. Yep, at Seattle, at Baltimore. So if they're at seven, like they're gonna win three of those. Cardinals, Patriots, Bengals, all at home, they're gonna win all three of those. Well, the Bengals could have I mean, beaten them. Browning threw that terrible red zone pick, like horrific red zone pick. Yeah, I said the. Um... You know, like when we were doing the scores last week, and I'm like, I don't understand how the Patriots are favored by three over anybody, and then Same. they lost to the Giants. It was another um, good week. It was a good week of the scores. No, he was, I think I'm 11 and four. You were you? really good. Yeah, aren't I you too, right in there? Yeah, we got to be right in there. Just killing it. You're I'm welcome. like one off of you because I took I I went with my heart against the AFC North instead of my brain. Okay, all right. So, um, yeah, I mean they're gonna Kyler could be frisky for them just because they're so. They're so bad offensively, Pittsburgh is. Yep. Um, the Patriots, that's a bye. Yep. Bengals' second game, and that'll be a bye at home. Yeah, they're going to win 10 games. I don't know how he does it. Right. The guy's a sorcerer. A sorcerer. Fired offensive coordinator. I don't know what he – I don't understand it. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. What the they Tomlin do. voodoo is outrageous. Yeah, it really is. Um, NFC looks like this. Eagles at 10-1. and 49ers are 8-3. and Lions 8-3. and uh, the Falcons are top the South at five and six, for God's sake. Um, and then the Cowboys eight and three, Vikings six and five, Seahawks six and five, uh, Packers five and six, Rams five and six. Those last two, watch out for the Packers um, as they look pretty good. And Jordan Love coming into his own, He's playing nice. Uh, yeah, it really is. Baseball. And the Rams really put it on the Cardinals yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Stafford looked great. Kyron Williams came back for. Those in the fantasy world, that was like getting Marshall Falk back yesterday. 
My uh, NBC, NBC learned a very tough lesson yesterday, uh, heart versus head. So he has Kyron Williams. Um, yes. All right. He doesn't have IR. So he's just had to, like, keep him on the roster. Yes. Just holding yes. Him. So he did. So he gets the news he's coming back, and he's got to make a decision to – and he, his decision was between Jerome Ford and Kyron Williams. And he goes, Dad – and he goes, Dad, the Broncos had the worst rush defense in the league. Like, Jerome's going to go. And I said, it's fair reasoning, son. I, I can't argue. I, I understand it. I understand it. But the guy was a dude before he got hurt. Dude, like – Kyron uh, Williams dude. was a top five fantasy back, and he comes back and puts up 203 total yards and two touchdowns, catches six balls. That's what he does that Jerome doesn't do. Head Jerome's got to catch man. the ball a little bit better. Yeah, you got to go. Fantasy football is not for the heart. No. You, it, you've it got the be. rooting interest already. Fantasy football is for the head. Yep. You got to sort that out. He's going to win anyway, though, so he's, it didn't kill good, him. But, fine. Good, fine. Um, good. So that, so that's but, well, now he knows that like, Kyron is a lock. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's yeah. a lock. Remember, he's the one who drafted Aaron Rodgers and yep, yep. ended up with Jordan Love and Kyler. So he, it's all worked he's out okay. He's doing just fine. Yeah, he's doing just fine in this whole thing. Um, but I tell you, the, the back end, like there's separation that's happened now in the league. Uh, yes. In the AFC, the separation has happened. Um, us and the Steelers are hanging on for dear life with all of our injuries and their sorcery. Um, and then in the NFC, I mean, the, the four at the top are separate. And then it's a cliff. And of those NFC teams, like how sustainable is it for Minnesota? To me, Green Bay is the team to I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Of the five and six, six and five teams in the NFC, yeah, I'll keep my eye on Green Bay. Yeah, I like I really like what they're doing, and I like I'm with you. I think Love is good. The NFC South is garbage. None of them are teams oh. of consequence at all. The Rams are all of a sudden frisky. This is a big game. Like, we're not huge. It's unfortunate for us that we keep catching teams that we thought maybe were going to be out of it by the time we played them that are somehow right on the cusp when we do play them again. Well, and there's going to be more of that with our schedule. So we've got Rams this week. You yep. still have to play uh, the Texans. you got to play the Jaguars. Jags. you got to play Baltimore. Like, at one point you looked at this schedule and you thought, okay, well, you can kind of cruise going home, but it's not that way at all. This is going to need- get really frisky. We need to win three more games, and you've got the Bears, Jets, and Bengals are probably the easiest three left on the schedule now unless Aaron Rodgers is going to defy modern medicine and come back for no reason at all, which he If he, he might. does that, if he defies, then he did not rupture his Achilles. I would agree with that. Then that's it. I'm, I'm not going to have it any other way. But they're going to be, by the time they get to us, they're currently 4-7. and seven. They go home Falcons. They could beat them. Home Texans at Dolphins before they play us. They're going to lose at least two of those games. Yes, I would agree. Tito's Handmade Vodka on game day. Pour me in, coach. Find cocktail recipes for every fan at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. The Joe Thomas half hour of the program coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Browns fans, Express Beer presented by Bud Light brings the same facial authentication technology using Express Access to beer purchases in the stadium. Dedicated Express Beer stands are the fastest way to get a beer in Cleveland Browns Stadium. If you're 21 or over, go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Time now for the Joe Thomas half hour of the program. Um, So we've got a third of our team is in paradise in Beverly Hills um, at some five-star resort. Another third of our operation is back here in the frozen tundra. And then we have the other third, the half third of the operation, in some palatial estate, as I understand it, in Mexico. Hoff, what are you doing right now? Feet up, relaxing? Uh, feet up, uh, I am relaxing with just a small amount of stress, though, because we were supposed to come home yesterday, and there was some major flight delays and problems. So we're stuck here till Tuesday. Uh, all I could find was, you know, the flea bag motel Vallarta. Uh, so that's where we're staying, but I tell you what, it's 80 degrees, the sun's kind of shining, I'm still eating great Mexican food and drinking cheap Mexican beer, so all is not lost <laughs> in spite of the flight delays. Huff, is there, is there an industry in the, in the world worse than the airlines industry right now? There is no such thing as on-time flights. It doesn't exist. It, it I can't believe you got got. Uh, yesterday. Oh, man, yesterday there's like three flights that were leaving Puerto Vallarta, and we had like four hours to catch our flight from Dallas to Madison. And the first message in the morning is your flight's delayed 30 minutes. Then like an hour later, your flight's been delayed an hour. An hour later, your flight's now delayed two hours. And it Mm -hmm. just kept happening for like four hours in a row where they just kept delaying it. And basically, I turned to my wife, Annie, and I was like, this just means they have no idea when the plane is coming. It hasn't left. And they're just trying to make it hopeful enough where you don't totally rebook and then screw up somebody else's flight that, you know, you're bumping the next group of people off. Hoff, no, no Paradise Village. They they didn't want to welcome you back with open arms. Uh, well, they they would have, but the price was precipitously more expensive. Uh, <laughs> my sister and her family and everyone left, so there's no way we were filling out a seven bedroom with just my family and six. I said, you know what? Bite the bullet. We'll spend a little bit more on margaritas and lagostinas la, la and uh, oh baby, beautiful margaritas. So save money on the room, spend it on the food and the drink. I like Genius. Huff, what was what was the best thing you guys ate? We we'd heard about the Thanksgiving spread before coming out of it. Was that the, was that the highlight? What was kind of the highlight? Cuz I got to tell you, I love to see people that I love having pure joy and it felt yep. like you were just living your absolute best life and I couldn't agree with you more. You don't let the kids beat you until they beat you. They've got to earn that. That's got to be real and I love that you kept dropping the hammer with clutch moments. Well, that's right. That's right. So there was some tons of amazing food options. Like when when you're in Puerto Vallarta, you're on the Baderas Bay, so you just have an incredible amount of seafood, which is kind of my jam. So yeah. like tons of lobster, tons of shrimp. They're known for their ceviche, so we did like a, a seafood tower ceviche, which had everything you can imagine: oysters, scallops, shrimp, lobster, mahi mahi, fresh onions and carrots and tomatoes and cilantro and corn. Like it was just all so incredible, but it's kind of funny. The thing that sticks out in my head a little bit, because I'd never eaten it before, was this rice pudding that they made. And they had a oh, different man. name for it. It was kind of one of their local desserts. Um, it was like sweetened condensed milk, and they must have put some cream and some other like uh, other creamy, delicious sweetness in there. And then uh, with with the rice that they kind of slow-cooked and, and uh, reduced it, there was a really nice like frozen-ish treat. After one of the dinners, it was something that I hadn't had, so it was great. But 
Z, next time you go down here, you got to go to El Dorado. I don't know if you've been there. Before. Oh, of course. Um, yes. It's a little bit down from Cafe de Artis. We took the kids there last night. It was right on the beach. It was beautiful. They had these big, beautiful lanterns spread out on the, on the beach. Huff. We great, eat there every year. That's like, oh, yeah, baby. Right on the water. Yes. Right on the water. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I'd never eaten there, and we just kind of oh, found yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. So if anybody gets down there, Cafe de Artis, still have yet to go, but that's Z's favorite place. We're going to do then, it. And uh, this El Dorado, amazing. But I'm going to maybe save Cafe de Artis till we get to go down there together. Oh, baby. I like it. That'll be elite. Hey, guys, before we get to our game, uh, the news of the day in the NFL, Frank Reich fired. Uh, this is the third straight year that an NFL coach has been fired in the middle of his season, that was something that in his of his first season, something that rarely ever happened before in the league. Uh, there's some Browns on Browns crime here. Josh McCown was fired as well in this. Uh, he was the quarterback Stunning. coach. Uh, Deuce Staley is, has no connection here, obviously, but he was fired as well. Chris Tabor, who was our uh, special teams coordinator Tapes. from 11 to 17, will be the interim head coach off in Carolina. What do you make of that situation? So I think Tabor, first of all, is going to do a great job. Everybody that was here in Cleveland with them realizes that he's so good at motivating the whole team, right? He's a higher energy guy. He sees the big picture, which is what you kind of have to be to be a good special teams coach. You got to be able to coach guys on offense. You got to be able to coach the guys on defense. And then, of course, you got your core special teamers guys. Um, and so I think a lot of times that makes special teams coaches very well fit to be head coaches because they're used to coaching everybody and they're used to having to motivate the bottom 20 guys on the roster. Um, so I think he's going to do a good job as an interim coach, whether he becomes a serious candidate to be the head coach. I'm not sure. I mean, I think to my knowledge, John Harbaugh is the only special teams guy that's a head coach in the NFL. Um, but I think this just goes to show that maybe David Tepper has no idea what he's doing. I mean, by all accounts, they wanted Bryce young and they basically forced it on Frank Reich who throughout his entire career likes more of a big, tall, strong, pocket-passing quarterback, a la C.J. Stroud. And that was kind yeah. of the, the word before the draft that he wanted C.J. Stroud. He didn't get him. He's the head coach, but, of course, it's his job to coach him up. And so the only thing that I can think of is that they knew that he didn't want C.J. Stroud. He said, I'll coach him up. And then they saw early on the results were poor. And, of course, if the owner wanted Bryce Young and the coach that he hired is not getting what he thinks out of Bryce Young should be gotten out of said quarterback. He's going to wipe him clean, whether it's his fault or not. And uh, this is, spells bad news continued and even worse bad news for Panthers fans when you have an ownership or an owner who's meddling and clearly has no idea what it takes to build a successful NFL franchise. Huff, Josh McCann was such a great guy when he was here. And obviously, I was just surprised by that. I thought Rank Reich, it was going to happen. I could see how Staley, when you watch some of the videos with him and his style, I could see that that rankling some feathers. But I, I don't know anybody's ever had a bad word to say about Josh McCown. He understands the game very well. I was surprised by that. Were you surprised by that addition, even though maybe he was one who was saying, oh, I want Stroud, and that caused the odds, I guess. There I was go. stunned by that. I'm stunned by that. Yeah, it's shocking to me. I think potentially everybody knew that Frank Reich and Josh yeah. were super tight buddies. Um, but, I mean, let's think about what type of respect Josh McCown has in the NFL. I mean, he was getting legit head coaching offers for the Houston Texans when he yeah. wasn't even a coach in the NFL. Like, people were saying, yeah, this guy has what it takes. He's got enough experience playing and coaching just while he was on different rosters that he could step right in and be a head coach. So, I think the reason he got fired is because he was so – 
intimately tied to Frank Reich, and they know that maybe it would be potentially toxic having him in there knowing that, you know, he's a Frank Reich guy. But I think that also doesn't give Josh the credit as a professional that he deserves, knowing that he can still do his job really well, even if his guy did get fired. I mean, to me, that's kind of BS, but maybe that just speaks to the people that are pulling the strings, just having no idea how to manage the people that are in that building. Well, remember, remember McCown was Stroud at the pro day with yeah. when they were all together, yeah. hugging him, like, embracing him. Yeah, they no, yeah, for sure. And they CJ was a ridiculous basketball player. Josh is, as you guys have told me many, many times. Like, there's a ton of bond between there, and I think this just comes down to like. Why isn't my guy look the way that guy looks? You, that's on you. Can't be on me. I can't possibly be wrong. Yep. Yep. I'm. I own the team. I can't. It can't be my fault. I know what I'm doing. You guys don't. Mm-hmm. And and I, it's it's just that simple, really. And he's the one with the big bank account, so he can. It's his fourth coach, guys. Yeah. It's his fourth coach with that team. Um. All right. We've put it off long enough, Hoff. Uh. Loss in Denver yesterday. Uh. We led the show with this. I. I think the headline, as much as the result, Joe, to me it's much more the injuries. And and we'll have a big press conference from Kevin in Southern California at 4 o'clock. But, man, oh, man, this is these are on pins and needles moments for Browns fans. You're talking about Miles and Amari and DTR and in, in, in conjunction with everything else. Yeah. Kevin Stavansky deserves a lot of credit for holding this team together, finding ways to win after you lose. Nick Chubb at the beginning of the season. You lose Jack Conklin. I mean, you're, you're losing the cornerstones of your team week after week. And at some point, it's just impossible to continue to right. hold things together and look like an NFL team that can compete. I mean, the Broncos were one of the hotter teams in the AFC coming into this game, and you felt like they kept it pretty close. But when you get down to a third-ish string quarterback because DTR gets knocked out of the game, you know, uh, you lose Amari. You, you lose guys even going into the game in the secondary that had been a big part of why that defense was number one um, in the NFL. And then, of course, Miles gets banged up, which everybody knows the conversation going into this game was he might be the MVP of the league. He's been so dominant this season. And it's just hard to continue to roll different guys out there. And you, you always say, that's the next man up mentality. You know, we don't change our expectations when the second team come, guy comes in. But how about the third team guy? How about the fourth team guy that just got here? Like, at some point, it's just hard to continue to play good football when guys haven't been around very long and they're just not nearly as talented or impactful as the starter. It's wild. And, you know, I have people who are like, oh, questioning this, questioning that. Like, I don't know if people understand what it would be like if the Chiefs were without Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes. What would that offense look like? What did the Rams look like just when Stafford was out with Brett Rippon? Ended up getting him out of the league. It's a very tough thing. That's not to make excuses. I thought, though, Hoff, from the from the second quarter through when DTR got knocked out, I really thought Kevin Stefanski had it cooking. We go on three straight scoring drives, all of them about 60 to 80 yards. DTR makes some big-time throws. He had it working. You know, I was encouraged by that stretch of the game. We can't keep falling behind 14-0 on the road, but were you encouraged by that? And what did you see in DTR once he started getting it going? Yeah, what what I liked about DTR is you saw that when he's been playing with the lead or when the game is really close, obviously he realizes how good his defense is, so he doesn't want to make those mistakes. So he's not pushing the ball down the field. He's not taking some of those risks. 
that all of a sudden now you're a couple scores behind. You feel like, okay, I, I got to do something, get us back in this game. So your mindset switches a little bit where now if the number one read is Amari down the field, you're going to let it rip, even though there's maybe not a big window. And we saw that happening and we saw that he was having some success with it. Right. And that gave us a lot of hope. And what I think could be really big is if that built a little confidence in DTR, like, Hey, I can make those throws down the field, even when it is a close game or even when I am winning, because I am the type of quarterback that can win the game, not just the type of quarterback who will not yep. lose it because he's got a great defense. And so to me, that was really encouraging. I agree with you. Hoff, is there a, uh, a, I mean, he's in the protocol now. You got Flacco here. If, if you're Stefanski, is there a drop dead date in terms of if DTR isn't a full practice participant by here, we've got to go with Flacco? Uh, I would say Friday usually is that day because that's the day where you review everything. Um, and a guy, especially a young player like DTR, like he has to have that Friday because one, you have red zone, which is your most important situation in the game. And uh, Browns have not been great with DTR in the red zone. Um, two, you're going back over all your checks for the week in normal down and distance. So if you have a lot of check with me, if you have a lot of situations where I, hey, if this is a one high safety versus a two high safety, I want you to check into this look. And getting that rep doing those things where you're communicating not only with your center so he can communicate to the offensive lineman, but to the guys on the outside who need to understand, hey, what's the play? How does that change my responsibility? Do I have to push crack the safety? Or am I running a, a, a look slant now where – if it's there, we'll take it because there's a gap when the defense does that. Um, I think a younger player who doesn't have a lot of experience, they have to have that day because if they don't have that day, there's no way they can go out and have any level of success in any game plan type things. And really all you're going to be doing is calling like a game you would see in the preseason, which is why he struggled when he had to step in for Deshaun uh, against the Ravens. Yep. He just, he needs that time, right? I mean, like Joe Flacco's a guy, he's, seen enough stuff that he can get those mental reps and close his eyes, and it's just as good as doing it with your arm. Uh, but DTR's got to have it by Friday, I would think, and you know, even more, you'd want him, obviously, probably Thursday. But it's tough when you're dealing with a concussion. It is tough, and I think that's a, a very daunting situation that's facing the Cleveland Browns right now, right? Because I think you might have to go to Joe Flacco here, who just joined your team a week ago. You think about all the guys that you know, it's like a throwback. You know, Kareem Hunt comes in after a few weeks. Joe Flacco now is going to play for the Browns potentially, which would be insane to even think about. But that's where this team is right now. And I'll tell you, though, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. If we can't catch the ball, Hoff, we're dropping almost 10% of our passes that are on target. They're dropping 12% of DTRs. What's going on? How do we fix this? Yeah, the pass drop things are always a real mystery to me. And I don't know if there is any magic bullet there other than it seems like they come in bunches. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's a confidence thing. Maybe it's one of those things where you see it happen to other guys and you tighten up a little bit and it starts happening to you. I mean, we, and Joku throughout his career has had drops, but all of a sudden he has the big week last week where he dropped a bunch and then he drops a couple this time. Now they become uh, like cancer, right? Like everybody's catching them. Like it's some type of disease. You got guy like, Amari Cooper, who never drops passes, right? Drops the two-point conversion in the back of the end zone. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, 
the only thing that I could say definitively is, hey, maybe there's a reset. And that reset could be a different quarterback coming there like a Flacco who's more of a down-the-field deep ball guy than a dink-and-dunk guy like a P.J. Walker or a DTR. Um, and just having sometimes those more difficult down-the-field throws, guys stop thinking about catching the ball and it becomes natural again, right? How many times do you see yep. Njoku make the spectacular catch? But the easy ones are the hard ones, right? You have too much yep. time. It's too easy. Think about the catch versus thinking about the contact and where your feet are or falling out of bounds or, you know, just doing things instinctually. So um, I don't know if that's what you want to say, yeah, let's go with Flacco just because of this, but that could be one of the unforeseen benefits if Flacco does play in that game. Joe, you've been in this situation quite a bit in your career, unfortunately, where a guy comes in, he's, he's been in the operation for a couple of weeks, and he's got to start a game. Um, what is, if it is Flacco Sunday, what is reasonable to expect, and what are the biggest challenges for a guy coming into a situation like he could be coming into on Sunday? I think the biggest challenge is not necessarily the offense because a guy like him who's played in a couple different places and has a ton of experience, it's going to have seen most of the concepts that he's got to run, right? So it's, it's pretty easy, right? Like they're going to pick the, the offense up quickly. If the language and the terminology is much different, you can always give them a wristband. And then it's just almost like having Google Translate on your arm. Like, okay, I know what that is. That, you know, the sticky slant that reminds me of, um, you know, school bus or something like that. I think the, the challenge is going to be meshing with your different pass catchers because everybody's going to run out just a little bit differently, but also everybody wants the ball in different places. You know, maybe David and Joku likes him a little bit higher in the back line when he's running um, some of the back line routes in the red zone. Maybe Amari Cooper, he likes it low and outside, even when he's a little bit on top of a receiver, when he's running a go route on the sideline, you know, maybe um, one of the other receivers likes something a little bit, low and away because that's where he feels more comfortable. And so I think getting that stuff and hitting in practice is a little bit difficult because you just don't have enough time and enough reps to be able to get that. And so you're going to hopefully on Friday, after you go through all the game plans, have the quarterback sit down with those guys and say, all right, here's the routes we're definitely going to get, right? Here's the opening 15 plays. Here's the next 15 concepts that we think we're going to see on third down, right? Because, in the game plan script, the coach is going to write, write down, all right, our third and, you know, five-plus pass routes, here's the top ones we like. And then they're going to talk about, okay, this is the coverage we expect to get. You're my number one guy, Omari, on this one. How do you like this ball if you get this coverage, if you get cover two, right? And so you're going to try to go through as many of those things as possible, but still there's just a little bit of a learning curve. Even a guy with experience like Joe, um, it really helps having – those legit reps in practice to feel exactly what those guys want out of you as the quarterback. Could be incredible. Could be, we thought this would be a year where the Browns had one starting quarterback, could potentially have four by week 12 of the 2023 season. Right now they're trying to chase how many play-by-play guys I've worked with. How many quarterbacks could the Browns get? How many play-by-play guys have I <laughs> worked greater? with? What's greater? What's the greater number? Right now it's play-by-play where it's six you, for yeah. the season. Yeah, right now. And I, I don't know if we can get to six different starting quarterbacks by the end of the year. We don't want to do that. Uh, Hoff, Miles, now the talk, maybe he's got a shoulder injury. He was in a sling after the game. And you saw some of the videos where Garrett Bowles was able to kind of just kind of get him and he couldn't fight back with that left arm. I feel like 
we know it's not good to be a one-legged person in a, in a butt-kicking contest. Is, is it tough to be a pass rusher with one functional arm if that's where we're at with Miles Garrett? Of course. And if he's rushing over the left tackle, his left arm is his most important arm. Because yep. that's the arm that's closest to the, the offensive tackle. And that's usually the arm where you're, you know, if you're going to give him a, a one-arm stab, you know, kind of thing that looks like a stiff arm, that's the arm you're putting pressure on. If you're trying to dip and rip, that's the arm that's coming up underneath the offensive tackle's hands and pads where you're trying to lift them and pull yourself through. Um, so, really, that's probably his most important arm when you're considering a right defensive end rushing over the left tackle. Um, so, depending on where that arm is, where the strength is, where the lack of strength is, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved him a little bit more on the right side next week if they felt like they could get him out there to play just because he'll be a little bit more effective using that right arm uh, and the left arm isn't quite as important when you are rushing over the offense's right. That's a good note. That's good. See, that's that's the good – that's the yeah. hot stuff right there. We're, we're at our – I think we're at – aren't we like it? We're, we've paid our penalties, right, with the injury yes. list. Like, we need some good news on Miles here. Like – I don't know. I'm not sure how much more of this we can take off. I mean, everybody, oh, it's it's just been too damn much. I mean, we you can't have something happen to Miles here. It's just been, I just think beyond the fact that he's been maybe the best position player in football this year. Um, I don't even know if that's a stretch to say that there's been anybody that's on his level. Uh, beyond that, just the, the mental gut punch it would be if he misses time. Like, he's been the fuel. I, I don't know how you recover from that if, if it's him too, Joe. Yeah, I don't really know if there's anybody else that you can say has been more impactful, even close, on this team that has kept us in every game. Because really, yep. without him, your defense is good, but it's not great. Because being able to have that coverage and then allow that pass rush to get there, it's changed every single offense that we play against. Because even though they know that he's double teamed, they still only have three seconds to get rid of the football. So you can't call any of your stuff that's deep down the field unless you're just taking your quarterback and running him on a bootleg to the right away from miles, which we saw that in the game. He still gets there, right? That play where uh, Russell scrambles outside the pocket to the right. Miles is double teamed. Uh, Russell Wilson almost gets the first down as miles is tackling him from behind. So he's really been the guy that has changed how an offense tries to attack a defense by how incredibly dominant he is. Because one, you have to use two of your resources on every play whether it's a guard and a tackle or a tight end and a tackle or a running back and a tackle. Um, and it also shortens the amount of deep routes you can run. And so when he's not in there, yeah, you still have great secondary. Yeah, you still have guys that can get to the quarterback. But your, your defense changes, and the offenses all of a sudden get a lot more bold with the amount of deep throws that they can have on you. And eventually, if you're allowed to get seven throws down the field, there's enough good quarterbacks and pass catchers in the NFL. They're going to hit a couple of those. And that's a lot of times all it takes. A couple of explosive plays on offense. That could be 10 points. That could be 14 points right there. That's a huge difference in a game. I mean, he, the game wasn't all that close yesterday. But if the Browns get two big explosive plays, you win. That's, yes. And go think about the indie game. I mean, there it is. That's what this team is trying to do. Huff, how do you – did you ever do anything like this in your career? I, I know that I haven't done anything like this since I've been with the Browns where we went for a week. Did you ever do anything like that? No, we never did. Uh, the only time we did something a little different was a couple times playing on the West Coast 
we would go out a day earlier um, to try to get acclimated to the time change and stuff like that. Um, I didn't really think it had that much of a benefit, but being out there for a week, I don't know. I, I've never experienced it, so I'm not exactly sure. Um, I think just like anything in the world, there's a placebo effect that if you as a team believe a lot of the things that your coach is telling you, and then he says, hey, guys, this is going to be a huge advantage for us staying out here during the week, you're going to believe it's true. And then, hey, there's no difference between you believing that something's going to help you and something actually helping you. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the guys think of it after the game's over, and it'll probably be mostly dictated by did they play well and did you win? Then it was a great idea. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, ha, ha, mentally, how do you, as a vet, and we have obviously a lot of vets on our team, is it, is this like another kind of training camp vacation? How do you, I mean, you're so used to this routine of going home to your bed and you get in late at night and that's what you do. How do you, how would you deal with this? Someone of yourself who was such a routine man. Yeah, I love routine. Uh, that's why, as much as I love still being in Mexico here for day eight, I'm, like, really excited to get home to a routine. Uh, right. But I think that's just what happens as you get older, right? You just value having that routine. And I'm sure if you ask Joel, maybe he's, like, grumpy and, like, ah, whatever. You know, I'd rather be at home where I could just go sleep in my own bed and get into my normal routine of the week. Um, but I, I think that they'll quickly get into the routine of, a normal-ish week being out in L.A., just having the normal schedule. Yeah, you're going to go back to a hotel, but um, I think by the second day, you'll, you'll be kind of like, hey, you know what, this isn't actually that bad because I can get home at night and then I don't have any of the normal good distractions of being home with family and dealing with whatever things you have. You know, got to mow the lawn or, you know, got to pay the painter or whatever else you get when you're at home. Got to go to the grocery store for the wifey, go get some more diapers for the kids um, and just having a little bit extra time to chill out, lay in bed, watch TV, you know, maybe play some cards with some buddies. So I think they'll find this interesting enough and it's unique enough that they'll probably appreciate it and, and enjoy it. I'm sure if you did it three or four times during the year, it would probably get old. Huff, is there something to the notion that the Browns, you know, beat the, the Ravens in dramatic fashion? You think you got Deshaun cooking 14 to 14. We're going to go win it all. Then Wednesday, he's out. The team gets up. You have this unbelievably emotional day at First Energy Stadium or Cleveland Brown Stadium now, and you beat the Steelers. Do something you haven't done ever. Beat the Ravens and Steelers back-to-back weeks. And then it's Thanksgiving, which I, I don't know if for the players it feels like an odd week, but for me, and, and Bo, I'm sure you felt this way too. Yeah, T- yeah. Tuesday, we're at the food bank. Thursday and Friday, we weren't in the building at all. We felt I felt kind of very disconnected from the team. And then, you know, you had to go on the road that week. I think it's definitely an advantage for teams to be at home during Thanksgiving week. You have to go on the road, and you did get off to a slow start. Now, it would be – if it was the only time we did, maybe there's more to it. But it felt to me from afar, not being in, so I'm asking you to take us kind of inside, what's it that week like? And is are you able to prepare the same, especially if you're coming off of a couple of really emotional wins – and then having to go on the road on a holiday week. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that the season is exhausting, and every week has different challenges. Certainly the Thanksgiving week is unique, and it does have different challenges that the other weeks don't. For me, the usual schedule during Thanksgiving was everything was normal until the day of Thanksgiving, and then what you did is you'd come in an hour earlier. So instead of having to be at the facility at, let's say, 7, it would be there at 6. And then you would do a normal day up until lunch. 
which basically meant you do everything you normally do until practice is over, which practice would now finish around lunchtime. And instead of sticking around and having your treatment, having your weightlifting, and then having your hour of team film review and meetings, you would just go home. So you were done by like one-ish. So you could go home, you could do your Thanksgiving stuff, and then the next day you came in an hour earlier, and then you would review the film from the day before, and then you'd get your weightlifting, and then you'd just stay a little bit later on that Friday. So really you got everything in, but you just kind of moved it up on Thursday a little bit earlier, and then on Friday you just had to do a little bit more to make up for Thursday. Um, So you still got all your work in. It did feel a little bit different, but I think – one difference, and one thing I really liked about Thanksgiving versus like maybe Christmas uh, during the season was because you are only getting half a day off. You're only getting Thursday afternoon off, and it's Thursday versus the weekend. You a lot of times don't have a lot of people that are coming in town to visit and celebrate like on a Thursday because people are you know still working, and a lot of times they want to come in for the game, so they'll come in maybe Saturday, Sunday to celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, and so we, a lot of times had Friendsgivings where, you know, I'd have the, the tight ends and the offensive linemen over to my house and my wife loved to cook and she could cook all day. And so you ended up getting to spend Thanksgiving a lot of times with your teammates, which was really cool because yeah. for most of the other holidays, you got friends and family in town for the game and, um, which is great. You get to spend it with them. But I think we really bonded over Thanksgiving probably more than any other holiday. And it didn't feel like the schedule was too disruptive to kind of mess things up where you would feel like disjointed or unprepared compared to how you normally feel by the time game day started. Hoff, um, we, we said before this trip, you got to get one of these two, right? You got to get Denver. You got to get the Rams. You got to be eight and five. It's starting to get crowded at the bottom in the AFC. Um, must win. You can't put that on anything. We got a mash unit here, but pretty critical. And it should be a home game, right? I mean, Browns fans in Southern California, yeah. I mean, they're going to be a ton of them in that game, right, Hoff? Yeah, it should be kind of a, a home game there, which will definitely help. And I think um, that could really help a lot of times when I go on the road and all of a sudden I see all these Browns fans in a normally expected hostile environment. It does give you a boost where you're like, heck yeah, man, we have these awesome fans. We're so excited to be out here cheering for these guys. Like a lot of times, especially guys on defense would find those little sections of Brown fans because it seems like there's sections. I don't know why that shakes out the way that does because of ticket sales and such, but they'd go over there before the game and throw the ball to them and they'd get them hyped up. And I think that gives you a little extra spunk and uh, personality, pizzazz, energy going into those games. And just knowing too, for the player's standpoint, that you've got all these injuries, you know, a lot of people are kind of counting you out. That can really motivate you as a pro athlete. It's really easy to find that chip on your shoulder. I mean, that was the Patriots, best thing that they did every year, right? Every week was like, nobody believes in us, you know, as they're yeah. 14 and 0. Nobody believes in us. They think <laughs> we stink. You know, that was like what motivated them every single week. And I think the Browns could find a little bit of that with all the injuries they have going on the road, but still having like a bunch of loyal fans that are going to be out there for the game and understanding how important this one is for the season. Huff, happy flight whenever you get out of there, buddy. Yes. Best of luck on your travels. Thank you for your time, sir. Appreciate it, guys. We will talk to you later. Off. Right. Come yeah, back. Off. Come home. He might just stay. Come to L.A. To heck with it. Stay. Yeah, shorter flight from Puerto Vallarta. Certainly. Yeah, quite a bit.
Uh, if your game plan for this season includes buying or selling a home, Howard Hanna has the answer. Delivering a winning strategy for breaking down the game of real estate. The market leaders in Northeast Ohio. More buyers and sellers trust Howard Hanna to be their winning home team. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, great place to start and build a career. Check out the latest opportunities to join the team that's working together to keep your community clean and green. Learn more at www.rumpke.com. Um, boy, a... It, it's wild what's happening in the NFL. We had a wild weekend of college football um, as well. Um, the the rivalry game certainly delivered drama, uh, if not for most in the great state of Ohio, not necessarily a good Saturday afternoon. The boys were in tears. I mean, just a mess. Yeah, so what's, you know, I know that you are a, a, a man with a great many gigs and authority on a great many things. What's How how was that handled today? How's how's everybody well, feeling here on, on not well. this Monday? <laughs> Not well. There's look. You got. You're talking about a two year period, where everything revolves around that game because you lost it yep. in 21 after a, yep. a streak of winning it, you know, eight straight times. And so um, the the idea that that you would now be in a situation you've lost three in a row. And the other thing here for the from the Buckeyes' perspective is they will never have this opportunity again for a lot of reasons. So. Next year, if this game is played, they will play this week too. So you will play the game, and then you'll play for the Big Ten Championship the next week. So the idea of a winner-take-all, the game, that ends. That ended Saturday. So you'll yeah. never have that again. Though, though These two teams next year, if they were to go into this game 11-0, they would both play next week in the Big Ten Championship game. They would both then be among the 12 teams in the college football playoff. So the urgency to it is gone. So 119 years of history ended Saturday. It will be different. It will be less going forward. You, there's, it's impossible to argue that it will not be changed uh, for the worse in terms of the importance on that game. The other thing was is for Harbaugh, it's like three wins in one because uh, it validates, yes. It yes. validates what, he, what happened the last two years because yes. there was no sign stealing here. Hell, he wasn't even on the sideline for this there. one. He wasn't even there. So it validates the fact that he has the preeminent program in the Big Ten. Um, he's got the dominant program in the Big Ten, and they're going to play in the playoff for the third straight year, and 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 that's going to happen. So 
uh, for Ryan Day with a win, he would have invalidated the previous two losses. Um, so that's, so that's the game, other part the of it. The stakes were massive. It's the biggest massive the stakes, stakes have been. Um, in the yeah, because of the off-field stuff. So there was, yes. you know, one versus two in 06. That was winner go to the national championship, loser doesn't. Um, so that one had on-field stakes, but this one had uh, a ton of layers. Program to it. stakes. Um, this had program, program stakes. Yeah, and you could have buried and, Michigan because they've got three or four NCAA investigations that are happening on their campus. So yep. if they had lost this game, and by the way, most people up there think Harbaugh's done after this year anyway. No matter what, he'll go to the NFL, and there will be a lot of opportunity for him to do so. Um, so this was your last chance to bury Harbaugh, and you blew it. And quite frankly, you were uh, you, they were outcoached. Um, Michigan coached fearlessly. They did. Sharon Moore was unbelievable uh, the way he coached that game, and Ryan Day coached pretty passive. It was It was stunning because the last thing you saw was – the way they played against Georgia, and you thought, well, that's – he had talked all offseason. Now that's how he was going to coach the Michigan game, and he yeah. did It's pretty incredible to think that C.J. Stroud, who's going to be the rookie of the year in the NFL, and that Marvin Harrison, I believe I saw somebody with great insight and intelligence say that yeah. neither of them will have a pair of gold pants. That is crazy to me. Yeah, they haven't – well, yeah. I mean, that's obviously a brilliant person who, who brought that to the attention. Um, yes. The uh, Yeah. You know, they used to, in the at the time the end of Trestle and through Urban. I mean, they handed out gold pants like candy canes at Christmas. Yeah, you get a gold pants. Four. You get a gold pants. Yeah, you got four. I remember talking to a former linebacker who played there um, on the on the fourteen team, Joshua Perry, and I'm like, "Who's got your gold pants?" He's like, uh, "My wife's got one. My mom's got one pair. My niece has a pair. Like you, everybody gets them, right? Yeah. Like that's what it was like for the it's longest like time. Yeah, right. The one thing I will say is, and this is the biggest difference." The end of Trestle and the beginning of Meyer. So there's like a seven or eight year period there where Michigan is not a serious program. I mean, it's Rich Rodriguez, it's Brady Hoke. They're not, they're running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just weren't serious. Harbaugh should have been broke. He thought, we thought he was broken in 16. Should have been, everybody thought he was broken in 18. He's got a real program now. Like they believe yeah. in him. It took him a while to get it right. He's a great coach. He wins everywhere he goes. And, the the Michigan team that Ryan Day is coaching against, it's a real program. It's a big yes. time top five program in the country. That's not what they yes. were for half of Trestle and most of Urban. Correct. And so he's competing yeah. with something that those guys didn't all the time. Is it fair to say that most Buckeye fans, and I know because I've asked this question to Michigan fans and some Buckeye fans, and they've all said sure. yes, but I'm curious if you think that is representative of a deep level of psychosis or if this is more representative of the broader fan base that given that they went 11 and one this year right is that what it's going to end up at something like that yeah they're 11 and one right now yeah okay 11 and one and like i mean there are a lot of things that have to happen but likely the end of their competitive season is is here yeah, I, I can go over quickly what needs to happen. They need Georgia to win out. They need Washington to win out. They obviously need Michigan to win out. They need Oklahoma State to beat Texas, and they need Louisville to beat Florida State. So if those things happen, they would be the fourth in the playoff. Okay. Let's just say that you go eleven and one and don't make the playoff, and everybody yep. asks that they would rather go a they would rather go one and eleven and have that win be in the big game if they're not making the playoff than go eleven right. and one lose the big game and not make the playoff. Yeah, it's it's that game. It just has, and that's what you just described is gone now because right. it won't matter. It'll matter, but 
you're gonna you could play them again this week next year they would run it right back and they would play for the Big Ten championship at Indy and then it's possible they could play for a third time because both will make the college football playoff so That's the awful. juice of the game a lot of it is going to get sucked out of it because of this new format where they're chasing all the money yeah you got the, no no it sucks that part of it sucks um, all right, we've got a score for tonight. Uh, before we do that, though, OBM, the preferred provider of co- copiers and documents to the Cleveland Browns, they'll tackle any size office at 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. We have Monday Night Football coming up. We'll get you a score. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, we got a little Monday Night Football. You guys are going to get the uh, the real treat, which is a a five o'clock Monday Night Football kick. Football, oh, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's it's heaven. It'll be pitch dark here um, in in what amounts to about ninety minutes, and you guys are going to have uh, suns out, guns out, five o'clock watching the game. I, I don't know because it's dark here by what? 5:30? It gets dark pretty quick. Yeah, yeah that's somewhere after hustle. You get a little five thirty but... in there. All right, you got time. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the Vikings are sixth in the NFC playoff race going into tonight's game. The Vikings six and five, playing host to the Chicago Bears, the monsters of the midway, the yeah, team man. of Bishop's Ute. Bishop, Love them. Lead us off. I don't know. I. It's Is weird. Jefferson I say I don't know. No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think Jefferson don't think is. So. No, no. Okay. Uno says no. No, because they have a bye um, week, then next week they could rest yeah, him. So they would wrap him into that. Uh, part of me wants to pick the Bears with Fields, uh, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Minnesota winning this one, 24 to 20. Same. I need Fields to get me 17 points. Come on, Justin. As long as they're all to DJ uh, to DJ Moore, then we'll be fine. That's all fine. we need. I'm happy to root of that. for that. Then you're, then you're fine. Lots of selfish. Yeah, that's all good. Well, that's, selfish reasons. That's how, that's, as we learned, as NBC learned this week, you got to be selfish. Amen. Uh, enjoy, boys. Enjoy your spa afternoon. Are you guys going to hit the spa? Get a little good time there. Uh, well, spend your time at the pool. about to live his best life in yeah. in a way. He that is about could, ready to could live. Be one of the best moments of his, his life. all time. Let's nothing shake out today. I'll his all time best life right now. This is a, it's an all timer. I can't wait to hear it's the all details. downhill after today though. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, tomorrow yeah. I'm restricted. Today I'll, I'll go rent. I'm, I'm going to go rent a kiddie pool for us to sit yes, in tomorrow. Yes, right here, here on right your balcony. On the balcony. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.